Um, we have a lovely guest speaker here, and we're going to hear about Lydia's House of Hope today. And I know that the church here has connections and a history with Lydia's House of Hope. I know some of you knew Lydia, from whom the house takes its name, and I'm sure we'll hear more about that. I know that people have sponsored bedrooms, painted walls, done jobs, donated bookshelves and books, and all of those kinds of things. But lately, we've had the amazing opportunity to actually go into Lydia's House of Hope and to work with the ladies there, taking them through the Genesis process. And it's just an incredible privilege. And so I want to introduce you to not the power behind Lydia's House of Hope, because we know that it's the Holy Spirit who brings the power, but the heart behind the house. Teresa Tozier, come on up. Good morning. What a beautiful, beautiful church. What a beautiful heart you have to when you are helping the low, the homeless, the broken, the needy, that is God's heart. That is his heartbeat. And that is what you do. I'm amazed at what is up front here. This is beautiful. And uh, it's just what our house needs. These, these are the kind of things that, you know, you have 10 women with all kinds of kids. <laughs> so anyway, I am the founder and executive director of Lydia's House of Hope, and it all started 20 years ago when I went to my pastor and I said, I want to help the homeless. I want to I start a small group in our church, and I want to help the homeless. And she said, go. And we've been going ever since. And so Seeds of Faith Incorporated is the umbrella of Lydia's House of Hope and the Seeds of Faith Food Pantry. Seeds of Faith Food Pantry literally started in my tiny little basement, and it was from all of the times that we would go to help people. All, they were always hungry, and so we wanted to be able to do more. And just like um, you said, we wanted to not just be a handout, we wanted to be a hand up. And so we literally started with uh, making lunches for the homeless every weekend for 10 years at Crossroads Homeless Shelter. When we first went there, that was our first place where we went, and we thought, that was when we realized, this is not a homeless man sitting on a park bench. These are children. These are elderly. These are men. These are people that are in such distress, and they're coming in these lines. And my heart was broken to see such devastation walking into these shelters. And so we started by doing lunches. We would do 125 lunches a weekend. And then we went to, we would go to the woods and visit the uh, residents that were kicked out or the residents that knew that somebody was living in the woods or somebody was living in cars, somebody was somewhere that we could go to and give them a lunch or make a big hot, big pot of soup. So, because food is love. That's the sixth love language. I know there's only five, but for us, <laughs> <laughs> food is a love language. So we would deliver food anywhere and everywhere that we could. And then we realized very quickly these weren't, when you go into a shelter, you're supposed to be there three to four months. We have families living in shelters for years. They become institutionalized. They become used to be depending on a fragmented system. And when we saw that, it took 15 years before we realized 30 community outreach programs, the diaper fairy program, the back to school program, the angel tree program, you name it, we created it wherever there was a need. We had 30 different outreach programs, and from those 30 different outreach programs, a food pantry and a New Beginnings thrift boutique, because we wanted to purchase a house, and we were going to have our first cottage industry because we sat with the federal government. This is what we want to do, and the federal government said, we have the money for what you want to do. Great. Now, what are the strings attached to this money? Everything that we wanted to do, you would have to, okay, it would have to be mandatory 
When these women come in, their only option is to come in the door. They fill out an uh, uh, application and, you know, our idea, our plan was this is what they're going to do. No, no. It has to be optional. You can't make it mandatory because if you make it mandatory, we can't fund you. Then you can't fund us. So we started with not being state or federally funded and trusting God. This started with a mustard seed. If I threw a mustard seed at all of you, you wouldn't even see it fly past your head. It's so teeny tiny. But that's what it took. God, I don't want to just feed them. I want to do more. What can we do? So... Back in 2015, we decided, after creating the business program, because everything in my head had to be on paper, and that was no easy task, Rob Sim and I came into our life. He is a project manager with a big heart, and he came and said, I will help you, because we're going to have a capital campaign. And this capital campaign, we are going to have no federal state funding, I'm going to help you because you need to be organized and we're going to put it on paper and that was very difficult for me because the visionary sees it but she doesn't know how to get there. So God puts people in her life to help her to get there, put it on paper and what are the steps. We had a campaign and we raised $450,000, no state and no federal funding. It was God and God alone. Thank God. So once we raised those funds, we also decided we're going to go look for a house. We're going to find just the right house. And I remember saying, God, I know what I want. I know what we need. We need just the right house. Is it this one? And we would go to look at it. And yeah, God, this is the one, right? But not my will, your will. Okay, how about this one over here? Is this your? No, not your will. Okay. I never stepped into this and said, God, I can do this. Just here I am. Just here I am. And sometimes that's all it takes is just here I am. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do. And so... All of a sudden, we found a house, and it was in Summersworth, and it's a 33-room, 10-year vacant home. That's what it looked like before. It was, it was a mess. When the board went through this house the, the first time, no, this, this, isn't, this isn't it. No, this is a mess, Teresa. Just, yeah, but don't you see? Can't you see? Can't you see what? And then the transformation, over a 1,000 volunteers over a thousand volunteers came together to renovate this home. We could never have done that without connection and community. That's how this home was built, with the love of God and the hands. And after six months, now let me just say, before we go any further, my skill is not a general contractor. So when we purchased this house, we needed a general contractor. So we, the realtor that sold us this house we went to him and said, you be the general contractor, we're going to pay you. And he said, Teresa, I'm not going to take any money from you, but I will help you do it. Whatever God calls you to do, God is so good. And there it was. And he helped me to renovate this house. Now, I have to tell you, Susie and Marion were there setting up cribs. All of you were there painting and renovating. And, I mean, it needed a new roof. It needed uh, deletting. It needed from the bottom up. It needed everything. You name it. This house needed so much work, and it was overwhelming, because two months into it, we had a flood. The pitch, the roof, the, I've never heard of these things, but the pitch and the roof was left open, and it flooded the 18, this was built in 1850. There's 33 rooms in this house, and it was flooded two months after we purchased it, and I remember waking up and getting the message and running over to the house and thinking, okay, God, this isn't my house. This is your house, and you're going to have your way. So whatever I have to do, tell me what to do now. And I'll tell you, it turned out to be such a huge blessing as we walked through the process 
the insurance, thank God we had insurance, and we, you know, we did everything that we were supposed to do, but it was just an amazing, the ba seven bathrooms FW Webb donated. Eli, a family of a tribe, helped put all the bathrooms in. It was amazing, seven bathrooms. Local Cocos donated the commercial kitchen. All of these bedrooms, all of these rooms were made. They're not just thrown together. This is, for every woman that comes in, I wish you knew, I wish you could see the faces of these women that come in and the children that they bring in with them. They are so broken and so lost and so devastated. When they see a room where everything is new and clean, that's the standard that they will live up to. It's not what they have, and they're not even used to having a bureau. But the beautiful thing, when we purchased this house, when we kicked off the campaign, the one thing I, I wanna just say, Mona and Luis Valdez, their little girl Lydia, passed away in 2013 at the age of nine. The house was called New Beginnings Transitional Housing Training Program. I know that was long, but we had to cover all of our bases. When I sat with Mona and we talked about, she asked me, well, what, what, what do you need, Teresa? What kind of a campaign are you having and what is it that you need? And so we had a conversation and she told me about Lydia who had passed away and she said, you know, when we went to Camp Sunshine, it was such a beautiful feeling to have hope and love there. And I thought, that's what I want to give these women. I know that that's what God wants to give them, hope and love. To be able to tear that corner off, that, like that word was spoken, tear it off and show them, this is what God created you to be. He didn't create you to be an addict. He didn't create you to be trafficked and prostitute. He didn't create you to be mentally ill. He did not create you to be an alcoholic. He did not create you to be a tragedy in this world. No. He created to be, he said you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's where we're going to start. So... Mona, after sitting there, and she said, Teresa, uh, we want to give you a transformative gift. And when I got up off the floor after crying, she said, this is what we want to give you to kick off the campaign. And we said, you have uh, the right to uh, naming rights for the house. So Lydia's house, and of course, of hope, because that's what every woman is given. Here, we found those who were broken, hopeless, and in crisis. Now, you have advocacy in this house, you were talking about all the different things, state and federal. The government is so fragmented. I'm not going to talk bad about our government. It's just so fragmented that these people that are so broken and lost cannot get through the system, and they need advocacy. They need support. They need education, and they need empowerment. They need to be empowered. They're not empowered. The depth of poverty and hopelessness in this house is grave. It's grave. When we opened our doors in 2016, it, we, we saw women without food for their children. We saw families living in cars. We saw men degraded. But the greatest tragedy of all that we saw are the children that fall prey to the generational cycle of homelessness, hopelessness. And now, with the 365-day program, over, we have even more than 30 programs. And I'll just tell you the beautiful thing about Ray coming in. I wanted the Genesis process. It was in our business plan before we even opened the house. But nobody had the Genesis process. I read about it, and I loved it, and I thought, this is what we need. And all of a sudden, Rob said, Teresa, yada, 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 Ray. And I was like, wow, Ray. And there's her and a group of women come in. This is what these women need. They don't just need, it's not homelessness. 
homeless come in and they are coming in. You know, Michelangelo said, somebody asked Michelangelo, how do you make these beautiful statues? And he said, well, it's already in there. I just take away the debris. That's what God is doing. He's taking away the debris, the hurt, the anger, the fear, the discouragement. The, these children, the, it's a generational cycle. You have a mom with four kids and her mom is coming to us for help, and her mother's mother's coming to us for help, and her mother's mother's mother. And that's where we realize this is a generational cycle. How is this going to stop? It stops here. It stops here. We assess the women. We assess the children. We are able to, 40 program coming in and out of that house is absolutely amazing. From Genesis process to finances, they are learning that food does not come from a can. It comes from the ground. That means you have to work it. You work the ground. UNH is there with... Uh, Table, farm to table. So they're learning, and they're, they come in, and they have a schedule. They learn a schedule. They've never had a schedule in their life. What? A schedule? I have to write a schedule? Yeah, you do. From 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. They're up at 6.30. You know what we do every morning at 6.30? You know what is so awesome? I, I, I wish I could put a camera in there, but I can't. These women have to be up by 6.30. They have to be dressed, and they have to be ready for devotionals at 6.30. I have to tell you, the power of God has been moving every single morning in that room. Rachel is our program coordinator, and every time she comes in, sometimes we're in the middle of, woohoo! thank you, Jesus. That's what these women are learning. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. It's so simple when they can figure out God loves me, then they can move forward. Now, it's not you, you have to believe in Jesus to come into this house. Uh-uh, you can't do that. That's what we do in the world. No, you don't have to believe in Jesus, but you ain't bringing anybody in here, like Buddha or anybody else, Jehovah, anybody, Jehovah Witness. You're not bringing any of that in here. We're going to let you come in. And during devotionals, if you want to skip praying, all the women pray. And they all take turns praying. I don't know how to pray to God. Well, pretend he's your father, but I didn't have a dad. Okay, the one that you just thank him for what? What do you want to thank him for? The roof over your head, the bed that you have. How about the food that you're going to eat tonight? So they're learning to thank God so that they could talk to God. So he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. We have to, that has to stay alive in us, that God loves me so that I could love you. We are God's love with skin on because they don't know God's love. Okay, stay focused. So we have four phases in a year. Phase one, phase two, three, four. You have one woman that comes in, and this is the beautiful thing about Lydia's House of Hope. Not one woman comes in that can be in the program. Now, what if she can't pay? There's, this, there is a responsibility of $300 a month. Now, they're homeless. How could they pay money? They will. But when they come in, they have no money. But we find the money because we never say no to a woman that cannot pay. Never. We bring them in. They go from phase one to establishing goals, writing out a schedule, basic. These are all the different, there's a lot that goes into each phase, but these are just general. These are not, this is, the, this is we follow this pattern. No, who are you? So if you come in and you've never written a schedule, don't even know how to put your clothes in the bureau, that's okay, we're going to start. And you could take six months to get to phase two. But then Pastor Ian comes in and he takes two months and woo, he's on to phase two. Doesn't matter, it's okay. You're going to graduate, you're just going to, which phase are you in? So everybody, it's all developed, wraparound service around each woman that comes in, each child. I will never forget the first one that came into the house, the first family that came in. And these kids don't run to you. 
in this church, these kids are free. They're crawling on the floor. They're sitting. They're worshiping. They're, they're loved. You can see that they're loved. These kids don't run to you. They run from you. They hide in a corner, and they stick their nose in it until somebody, there's change, and, I, and, and they, can't, they don't know how to deal with life. They don't, they're so young, and they're so traumatized. We have children that are addicted. We have mothers having children who are addicted who are raising children that are addicted. We do not have control of this addiction problem. You think that the only reason it became an epidemic is because people were dying. People are dying. You don't hear, you don't see the homeless woman and child out there. You don't hear about them, but they're there. Now they get to come to Lydia's House of Hope and because of you and so many people that give to Lydia's House of Hope, they are able to go through these different phases and then they graduate, and this is when they graduate. It could take a year. It could take 15 months. We don't really care, as long as they are applying themselves to the program. We can't want it more than them. That's the biggest problem. We want to give them the world, but you can't. You have to let them get it. You have to let them want it. They get secured long-term housing. Our next goal, in Jesus' name, is to have a four-apartment building that's down the street for these women instead of putting them back into low income because we're doing all this work and then we're putting them back into the toxic environment. They need to go into an apartment that is owned and loved and taken care of by these women that are learning maintenance. That's our next goal. So secured long-term housing and establish a budget. They, they all get, they pay off their debts. When they come in, yeah, but I got money. Yeah, well, guess what? You're paying your debt. Yeah, but I don't have to. Yes, you do have to pay your debt. So they learn about finances. Well, we can't vote. Yes, you can vote. But I'm a felon. We know. And it's okay. So all of these different things that they learned, they never graduate without their mentor. They have a case manager that goes with them. Not literally, but the case manager is always with them until they are able to be to graduate on their own. And so after graduation, Governor Sununu loves our program. He has been, we're not state or federally funded, but he loves the program. He has visited our house. We've gone up there and had lunch. These girls have learned politics, what it is like, what it is about. But the beautiful thing about Governor Sununu, we have women that are in this system that are fighting for their life, and the system is so fragmented, we can't get to a certain point, but we can call the governor's office and say, listen, we have a problem here. Can you help us? And he does. He stops and he helps us. And I never thought, I used to think, we're not going to be involved with politics because politics is evil. It's not evil. It's how you use it. Governor Sununu has been, he's got such a good heart for people. I love that about him. We have an aerospace engineer who graduated working, comes back to the house and volunteers. She's doing amazing, loves the Lord with her children. She came in, I forget what her religion was, and she came in. They're all looking for something. I mean, we all have a God-sized hole in our heart. It's God-sized. But they keep trying to fill it with things that are just minimal, that does nothing for them. But she came. She's doing phenomenal. We have graduates. If you want to measure the program, talk to our graduates. They're doing amazing. If you want to measure the program, I, I see Ray coming in with the women. And even there's, there's a lot of structure. It's tightly structured. It has to be. But the community has been amazing. We could not do, I can't tell you the donations. Turbo Camp has been outstanding in supporting our food pantry that continues to serve over 13 communities in Rollinsford. It's a 5,000 square foot uh, 
room that serves still today from that tiny little mustard seed of just wanting to help. These are just some of our residents and graduates and look at the babies. Do you know why they're smiling? Because they're loved, they're fed, they're taken care of, they're not thrown in a corner as an inconvenience. A lot of these babies would be addicted if we didn't take them in, but they're not. And if they're addicted, it's to Jesus and it's to his love. And now, TurboCam, we are growing. And we have, my office went from the first floor, small office, to the second floor, large office. Now, TurboCam is taking care of our attic space so that we can have, my office will be up in the tower on the third floor, which is an unfinished uh, apartment. And they're working on creating that so that I can move my office up and then we have another bedroom for a family. Always looking for room for a family. We had, uh, Governor Sununu and Chris Rondu came in. Our basement had nothing. It's this, well, not this big, but a little less. And he said, what are you going to do with this basement? I want to get a few pieces of exercise equipment. So these girls, it's holistic, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical. And he said, okay, I have a friend. I'm going to talk to him, and we're going to, we're going to get you some equipment. Do you know what they did? They didn't just get us equipment. They got us 22 pieces of, of exercise equipment and did the ceiling, the floor, the walls. They did everything. I, we were so blown away by their kindness. But God has done so much. And it's been the community. It's been the connections. It's been relationships. And now, it, now having, it has just been an, an amazing opportunity to be here doing what we're doing. Never, never did I think that we would come this far. This is God. This is God's house. These are God's people. And these women that come in, again, I will tell you, our job is not easy. It's not easy because they're so broken, so traumatized, so addicted to whatever the world has to offer them out there. But when they come in, it's an amazing transformation, new beginning. And we're just so blessed and so grateful to be here to this this just this just makes my heart so happy because this is what we need it's i mean if you could if you could be for a day in the house you would hear how there's no more toilet paper no more paper towels <laughs> this is a blessing this is how we can continue doing what we do and do the best not i'm not looking to just get by we're looking to give the best to these women lydia they took her tragedy and turned it into this legacy. And we are so grateful and we are so blessed and so just overjoyed by, by all that continues to happen there, the lives that get saved, not just in the natural but in the spiritual. It's just a beautiful thing. So thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Thank <laughs> you.